Ole Miss fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com, eufyofficial.com slash video lock, to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Smart Lock and Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest on Talk of Champions coming on the Modern Women phone line is Jonathan Hess, Ole Miss tight end. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. If you haven't done it, leave a five-star review. Tell us what you think. We want to hear from you. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com. An affiliate of 247 Sports. Brad, what's up? What's up, Ben? Did you spend your weekend at Swayze Field? I did not. I tried to go to the game and um, I honestly couldn't find tickets like the the ones that would suit us. I mean, obviously, we have a, a special places we have to sit with all my kids. So, um, no, I, I actually actually did not did not make it. The people that I typ- typically get tickets from, they, they could not get them from this year. So 
um, which I mean, it made sense because once you look at the attendance for the weekend, I mean, it was um, it was pretty historic. So, um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't get tickets. Over thirty three thousand people made their way into Swayze Field this weekend, the most ever in Ole Miss baseball history. Ole Miss lost two of three to Arkansas, scored one less run than Arkansas, out hit Arkansas, but the pitching just wasn't there, especially on Sunday, an 18-14 loss in the most Sunday college baseball game ever. That was the most prototypical Sunday college baseball game you'll ever see. Ole Miss falls behind 11 to nothing, scores 14 of the next 17 runs to tie it, but can't come out on top because they ran out of pitching. Just not a great day. But after the weekend, Ole Miss fell to number six. But how do you feel about Ole Miss baseball right now? You know, what? I will say that I was I was extremely encouraged with how we how we battled this weekend. I mean, you you think, um, hey, no Tim Elko, what's the batting? What, what's the hitting gonna look like? And and if you would have told me going to the weekend, we wouldn't be able to pitch it, but we'd be able to hit it. Um, I, I I would have been shocked. So I mean, I, I am encouraged. I think they battled. Um, if you look at both the games we lost, I mean, we had a chance to win them, uh, win both of them. I, um, I, I am a little concerned with the with the pitching depth. Um, I think that that the bullpen totally um, lost us the games this weekend, in my, in my opinion. I, I just think that, um, yeah, I, I still think we have a very good team. Obviously, we're we're in a competitive SEC. That is um, that that is, that is going to be tough for us this year, but. Um, I, I still think we can win in, in any game remaining on the schedule. It's just going to be a matter. It's going to be just like these Arkansas games. I mean, they're going to come down to to who executes, um, you know, a, a, at the big moment. And unfortunately, this weekend we, you know, we tie that game up on Sunday. Couldn't couldn't follow through and win. And then you you look at um, you know the Friday game. We're right there. Um, we pull we pull um, Hogland there or Hogland or whatever. And we're, we're, we got a decent decent little lead at the at the um, you know end of the game and. Um, you know, we, for whatever reason, give a bunch of runs. So um, we're right there. I mean, we're, we're going to be competitive. Um, you know, we're going to be right there in everything. Gunnar Hoagland carried a no-hitter into the sixth inning, leading three to nothing. The bullpen over the weekend just wasn't very good. And I think that's really, this far into it, the biggest disappointment for me because in the preseason, all you heard was Ole Miss had inarguably one of the deepest bullpens it's had in recent memory, and yet the bullpen production just hasn't been there. And Taylor Broadway, he's been good. Tyler Myers, he's been a pleasant surprise, even though he got hit around this weekend. But for the most part, guys like Austin Miller, Braden Forsythe, so important to their success last year, in Austin Miller's case, the year before that, and yet they're not giving you critical production and critical high-leverage innings, and that's why Ole Miss kind of is where it is. Because offensively, they could not have passed every test as well as they did this weekend without Tim Elko. We went into the weekend wondering what the offense was going to look like. Now, there are some questions about what the right lineup is moving forward, and we can talk about that if you want to. But the production was there, save for the bottom of the lineup in the first game. I think they were two for 15 with eight strikeouts combined. It wasn't good. But Mike Bianco changed it up a little bit, and you could potentially see Calvin Harris playing some first base moving forward. He's actually gotten to where he's cleared in his throwing protocol to at least play first base. We thought he was only going to be able to hit all year, but now he's going to play some first base. He's not going to catch. He's not going to play the outfield. But maybe he could be a potential solution because Kel Baker is not it. Ben Van Cleve, he got a couple of hits, but Ben Van Cleve kind of is what he is at this point. Trey LaFleur, he hasn't gotten a true run at first base, but in his opportunities lately, he has not done anything with them. So Calvin Harris could maybe be a guy that gets that chance because I think if I'm reading Mike Bianco correctly, 
There's a number of different ways you can go, but Mike Bianco is not one to make wholesale changes. And almost I don't think is at a place where you make wholesale changes. Almost was in that series, should have arguably won two out of three. Maybe should have just quite frankly won two out of three and didn't win two out of three. Had they won two out of three, they're number one today instead of number six. I'm not panicking, and neither should Ole Miss fans be panicking. This weekend, they go to Mississippi State. That's a huge series, another huge series. They need to start winning these series, though. That's back-to-back SEC series losses. Now, we knew that this was going to be the toughest stretch in the schedule. But at some point, you have to at least win one of them. Ole Miss only needs to go 500 the rest of the way to get to the place where they're comfortably hosting a predetermined regional host. Just go 500. And that seems perfectly realistic, especially when you consider Ole Miss has two early round MLB draft selections leading this pitching rotation. However, that includes winning some series like Arkansas when you're in those series. When you have a chance in both games, the first and the last, to win the game. Now Sunday, that was a rally. Friday, I have more issue with after they're 3-0 with a no-hitter in the sixth. Maybe Mike Bianco shouldn't have run Gunnar Hoagland back out there. Maybe you start Drew McDaniel clean. I don't know. Maybe his whole philosophy, his whole strategy right now is he wants to piggyback Drew McDaniel and Doug Nikhazy for the foreseeable future. I don't know. I do know, however, that that's a lot of nitpicky stuff for a team that's got 24 wins, eight wins in the conference, second in the SEC West. They're still right where they need to be. And they did some really encouraging things offensively to make me think that they're going to be fine. Of course, the results have to follow. So I'm not panicking. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we're just at, a, at kind of a turning point of the season. Let's. I will be more concerned if we go and go this weekend and lose a series, our third straight series. I, I think that it is. Um, I think this weekend is really important. You go in there, win that series. Um, you know, that kind of gets you back on track. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you're still right there. Even with the loss of that series, I mean, you're one game back from, from leading the SEC West, if I'm correct. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're right there, right there where we need to be. But I think you're right. I think we just need to kind of turn around. We need to start winning some of these series. You know, you can't go on and, and lose every series versus the, the, the top team. So it's going to be tough, man. I mean, we, 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 the last some odd games versus Mississippi State hasn't hasn't went well for Ole Miss. So this will be a big series to, you know, you know, flush, flush this past weekend, go into Mississippi State. You have another big-time series up, up, up ahead of you, and, you know, you go win two out of three down there, and then, then you're back rolling, and, you, and you're still right there in the mix with SEC. Going around Ole Miss right now, the biggest storylines at Ole Miss right now in Ole Miss sports, spring football practices continued on on Tuesday. Is there any update from spring football practices? Um, I, 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 went, I actually went to practice this. Um, I went to a little scrimmage this past Saturday. I didn't get to watch it as close uh, as I'd like to. I had, had all the family with me, so I was chasing. My son was begging to get out on the field. So um, I, I did I did see a couple things this, this weekend that was that was pretty neat. I thought that the um, – you know, I thought the quarterbacks looked great. I thought there was a, um, you know, a little mix-up on the O-line that was cool. But, yeah, I actually got to go out there and, and visit and watch some plays. Anything in particular stand out outside of there's so many guys that are injured right now? Yeah, I think I think that, that there's a lot of guys injured. I just think the defense, again, I mean, if you, if you look at their energy and how they were flying around and making plays, I mean, they, they, they certainly weren't scored on, on very easily. So, um, I, I will say who's 17. That is, um, Jaden Jackson, maybe, um, I did not, did not mention him the the first time when I went out to practice, but I was, was told in conversation that, that, um, you know, number 17 and number five, which is Dennis Jackson. I think Jaden Jackson are, are either going to make or make or break the wide receiver room. So, 
Um, he did make a huge catch on the on the first play of the scrimmage. Um, you know, really nice catch for for Matt Corral. Um, you know, it was nice to see him get going. I think those two guys are going to be key in the wide receiver room. If, if you can get really good production out of them, plus your starters, um, which are going to likely be Mingo, Drummond, and, and that group, I think you, you're looking to have a, a pretty good wide receiver room. It sounds like there's a little bit of concern for that room right now. Yeah, I mean, there's – listen, you, it, well, it's tough when you got Braylon Sanders and Mingo that have been out most of spring. So you're, you're out two guys. Um, you know, your little slot was kind of hurt, um, which is a kid from Western Kentucky. Um, so you're down three there and then you got, you know, obviously Quay Davis is new and then you got the, the younger guy stepping up. So, um, I, I think you're going to get a better judgment of that room once, once training camp starts and everybody's back fully healthy. The, uh, the freshmen are, are kind of up to speed a little bit. There's a lot of talent there. I will say that, but there, there isn't a, a whole lot of, you know, guys that have been in games that have proved it. That's the problem. So, um, I, I think we'll see once once the season starts and and um, you know which guys can step up there. Um, you know they will get their chance to get experience this year for sure. Interesting though that the wide receivers are the most veteran of the groups, and yet there's less concern about the offensive line than the wide receivers. Yeah, well, I, I think with the O line, you got you know, you're returning your left tackle, which is which is huge. Um, you have. You know Ben Brown in the lineup, which is which is going to be huge, and you had some freshmen there that have played. You know they, they actually had some experience, and then you you look on, you look at two things. First, Clements is a great developer of talent. I, I've watched him. You know he does a really good job with those guys. And secondly, like the offense they run is very O lineman friendly. It's not they're they're not asking these guys to 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 sit back in a, in a three point stance and, and take seven step drops. I mean, there's a lot of run action there for him. There's a, there's a lot of slides. There's a lot of it, it protects the the O line pretty decent. So that and they they have some guys that 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 they really like that have filled. I know um, I think Cedric Melton is his name. Number seventy six. He was playing right guard this past week and he looked good. I mean he looked he looked solid at guard. Um, you know he's a guy that can play guard and tackle. So yeah, I, I think they have enough guys to be pretty good. On top of um, you know Coach Coach Clement, he's, he's he's just really good at developing these guys. Look, let's just get down to it. What have we learned? through three weeks of spring football practices. What are the common themes? What are the big overarching storylines from spring football practices through three weeks? Um, I, I think it just, it's, it's just seeing who will step up. I think that the biggest thing is is a lot of guys are getting a chance to to get plays with the with the ones, and I think that's probably the, the biggest storyline on, on top of the defense making, making its strides to, to, for huge improvements. So, um, right now, so we're just thankful to have a spring. I mean, you can't put a whole lot of stock into spring football. It is, it is literally extra, extra credit, extra practices, um, getting repetition, learning plays, getting guys up to speed, trying out new guys. So it's nothing more than extra credit, man. So it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's hard to have big storylines in the spring. I mean, right, right now we're, we know we have a solid roster. We know we have a potential to have a good team, but right now it's just moving some guys around. So once you get to the fall camp, um, you kind of got an idea of what you had. You got to think Ole Miss did not have this last year and they went in there and they're very competitive. I think having this, this spring is going to be huge going forward. Lane Kiffin in his press conference on Tuesday weighed in because the NCAA recruiting dead period is going to expire May 31st, opening normal recruiting procedures effective June 1st. That means a resumption of all important summertime camps, first-hand in-person evaluations of prospects. That's big. Yeah, I think that um, you know getting getting people back on campus 
um, is obviously going to be going to be going to be huge for Lane and staff. And do think about it, like think about the class they had this past year without having people on campus and and um, you know getting to recruit the way that that Ole Miss sells itself. So um, it's just going to be a huge plus for them. I, I think that helps us land an extra guy or two that that maybe we didn't expect to get. Here's everything Lane Kiffin said in his press conference on Tuesday. All right, so Tuesday's fr- practice. Um, back to Saturday's scrimmage, another really good defensive scrimmage. Do have a lot of offensive players out, um, especially skilled guys. So that's been challenging. But um, so we're back to work today. And then it's another scrimmage Saturday and then the spring game, which we're excited about for that weekend of you know, baseball going on, a lot of energy around. So uh, we'll be good for finally things to be opened up. How's it going, Blaine? I just wanted to see if there was an update on uh, Luke Altmaier's progression, what you've kind of seen from him uh, this spring. I think Luke's done a good job. Um, you know, he's suffered a little bit from our lack of numbers out there. So our second field hasn't been able to perform all the drills. Um, so there's not any reps to go around, but he's done a good job. Uh, what's the, like, what do you kind of look for in, in a guy that young that comes into spring ball that, that's got a lot of talent? What do you kind of look for, for, for a guy like that? It's kind of different for each player on that scale. Well, you know, this is <clears throat> a while back. It was only quarterbacks basically, you know, now it's over half your class. Um, so it's just kind of become, you know, the norm. It's great for kids, like I've always said, to get the practices in and get the academic part in. So, um, you know, it's almost impossible to be a quarterback and be ready to play without it anymore. Lane, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, a player, Mark Robinson, somebody that uh, we didn't know a lot about going into this spring, seems to be getting a ton of reps and – if you would just kind of talk about what you've seen out of him, if he surprised you, and uh, kind of where he stands with everything right now. Yeah, Mark's a great story. Um, you know, as a running back that walked on here from, I guess, Simo, who had played the year before, I think. And really, he was ineligible because of transferring, um, which is another conversation. I don't know why a walk on should ever be ineligible, but um, so he had to sit out and was on our service team and just thought, wow, this guy'd be a really good linebacker too, you know, just by how he did in special teams drills. So moved him over there, was a service team linebacker for us and did a great job. He, he Springer and Otis Reese were all over there for the most part last year. So um, he's had a good transition. Thank you. I saw where the NCAA uh, ended the dead period starting June 1. I was wondering if you had gotten any uh, additional guidance as to what that means for you guys in June. Does that mean you can have a traditional June, or are there limitations that are on what you can do? Yeah, we have not had a, a call. I think ours um, you know, might be Thursday. So, you know, they'll update us on that. The last one was just possibilities, so I don't know more than you guys. Nick, go ahead. Lane, with the numbers being what they are at the skill positions, what have you seen from guys like a Kentrell Bullock or a Dennis Jackson that are getting expanded roles with some other guys out? Yeah, Kentrell's done a really good job. Um, you know, very tough physical runner. 
you know, coming into his second year. Uh, and um, Danis, you know, has played inside for us and outside. Now he's playing more outside for us and, you know, really fast. And, you know, we just got to get him going. Is that a parish? Blaine, it looked like you guys didn't really have a lot of push uh, from the defensive line interior last year. Um, what are you seeing in the spring physically? Uh, will the numbers just uh, help improve that? Yeah, we're playing way better up there, um, you know, and uh, have done a lot better defense in general, but especially up front. So, you know, that, that had to happen, and it's really good to see, but we've got a long ways to go. What do you see in KD Hill specifically? Um, how has he changed? Well, we're trying to play him, um, you know, at different spots inside, um, you know, really – uh, can play zero and can play shade. So, you know, again, missing, having no spring last year defensively, I think I've said it a million times, I think everybody for the most part on the country really struggled that had first-year staffs and kids just hadn't been coached, you know, with the new staff. Back to David. Uh, following up on a question asked earlier about the dead period ending, and I know you don't have all the information yet, but you anticipate – you guys being able, able to have a, a camp season and uh, what would the camp season mean for y'all in terms of being able to evaluate these kids first person? Yeah, we are hoping for that to happen. Um, and that would be huge, obviously. You know, it's very hard to sign players um, and get the best ones without being able to evaluate. You know, <clears throat> you know it says, you know, you say the camp eval in some positions is more important than their game tape you know, get working with them and seeing how they do your stuff. So uh, that would be great to have. Do you think uh, you think they're going to give you guys some kind of, uh, I guess, uh, evaluation period on the road since the spring evaluation period was kind of wiped away? Do you anticipate that? I do not. Um, that would be news to me. Um, I do not think that's going to happen. Thanks. Brought up Springer a few minutes ago and his role on the scout team last year. Just how valuable is it having somebody like him back there? And and can you tell just the attitude different for somebody coming from a place like the Naval Academy? I can. Um, we've talked about that before. Um, you know, as you look at transfers, not just the player, but where they came from, you know, the, the system that they're in. And, you know, that a lot of times has to do with, you know, whether they can come in and play early, you know, much like NFL people look at certain college teams um, and programs and say there's going to be an easier transition um, than others. So he, he's been great. Yeah, Coach, uh, we see that a lot of schools are setting up official visits in June. When do you anticipate to bring in your guys? Are you going to bring them in early or continue to wait later in the process? Uh, we're going to try not to bring very many. Um, you know, we just rather have that in the fall, you know, with the game atmosphere. And um, so, but we understand there'll have to be some, and, and it may be early in the month, maybe late, just depends on when we get them. Lane, have you heard or been involved in any conversations about attendance at the Grove Bowl? We've seen what baseball has done. Well, what might the Grove Bowl look like? Uh, it's open, um, so 
you know, I think once everything, once baseball is open, I figured, I think everybody figured we were, and I've not heard any different. So um, it's going to be open. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know, because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless, even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. There was Lane Kevin talking about the recruiting dead period, other topics. One thing interesting about this, Ole Miss has two commitments for 2022, Marquez Dortch, Larry Simmons. But really, they haven't even ratcheted up their recruiting efforts because I think what they were preparing for was not only this decision, but also having all of their top prospects coming in for the Grove Bowl. You've been a part of those weekends where you bring in your top prospects. What is that like? And do players, top recruits coming in together for one particular weekend, does that have any type of real effect? Yeah, because because what happens is um, a lot of guys know about each other, um, you know, because obviously when you're being recruited and you're, you you look and you see what the lists say. I mean, you look at who's first, who's ahead of you, who's coming in with you, who else are they looking at? Well, what happens on these trips is these guys, they get there and they, you know, there's a little respect for each other. You start hanging out and then you make a few friends and then it turns into, hey, man, let's go here together. Let's go somewhere together. And then you mean you see it happen all the time. So. Um, especially when guys are, you know, same area kind of get close. So that's, that to me, you know, if you, if you land one, one guy, if you have a big recruit and then, it, then, you know, he's in town and, um, you know, he makes a good friend with another one or two, and then maybe the families get to meet each other and they hit it off. Then you're looking at, Hey, let's send our kid to school together. So, um, yeah, th- those weekends are important and they're, they're really cool how you make friends and, and they, they go on for years. I mean, I remember, I remember being going on trips with KJ Wright, um, back whenever he was being recruited and Ole Miss said he wasn't, you know, didn't weigh enough or whatever was too skinny to play linebacker at Ole Miss. So, you know, fast forward later, we're in that we're, we're at the Seahawks together and we, we'd kept up with each other for years. So, um, yeah, I mean, you make friends on these trips that, that, that last a lifetime. And sometimes it, it, it ends in you two going to school together. Would KJ Wright have ended up at Ole Miss had Ole Miss taken him seriously? I think so. I think he would have, um, you know, especially since it was, you know, probably a little bit, he's an olive branch guy. So it's, you know, 60 miles away. Um, I think he certainly would have wanted to come to Ole Miss. I'm, I never forget when I used to talk to him. Um, yeah, he was wanting to offer, wanting, wanting to come here, and um, I think Mississippi State gave him the better chance. So, um, yeah, I think KJ Wright would have been Ole Miss Rebel, which is which is sad to see because now he's one of the best players, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Where is he going to sign, by the way? Is he going to be a Cowboy? I don't know. I I, I did see where he he was. Um, you know, he did say that he would love to love to play for the Cowboys. So. Um, somebody will get them. The, the, the problem this year, man, is there's a lot of good players that still haven't been signed, and it's only because of the cap crunch. And it, it, it's shitty for the game. It really is because you're having teams making decisions not based off of what's best you know, for the team or what's best for the 
for the for the the product, but it's what's best for the sour cat, which is you know, it's just to me is um, I, I would rather the you know the product on the field be be better and and, and take the hit than um, you know having to having to watch you know teams just fit crappy players in there just to just to make the sour cat work. So um, yeah, it sucks. There's a lot of good players that have taken bad contracts and it haven't been signed just because you know teams simply can't afford them. One thing that's going on, too, is the second wave of free agency, which is on April 27th, I think it is. The compensatory pick stuff kind of rolls off, and then they can go sign players um, at maybe not necessarily a discounted rate, but certainly not the rate that they were going to get at the start of the year. So players ask will come down, but also uh, the draft picks that they would otherwise have to give up for losing X amount of players, that no longer comes into play. Draft pick manipulation and in Major League Baseball, service time manipulation, all that stuff sucks for the game. It really does. It doesn't matter what sport it is. You just want to see good teams or contending teams get good players. And the fact that all of this stuff is playing out now because of specific dates or like post-June designated cuts and stuff like that in football, it just it's not any fun. It's not good for the game. It, it slows down the offseason. And in a sport like the NFL – that is year-round and everybody pays attention to it. Major League Baseball, it suffers from this. All of these particular dates and timelines kind of screw with keeping attention on your game and also prevents players, because this is what big corporations do, prevents players from getting necessarily what's owed to them, suppressing the labor force. But we're used to seeing that with every single kind of corporation at this point. To me, some of those rules, I, I, I try to put my finger on why they make those and and for what reasons. And, um, it's, it's just goofy to me. I mean, you, you think about it, like some guys can't get signed because, um, you know, if a team loses too many players and free agency, um, the other teams get draft picks. Well, why don't the teams just resign their players? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's as simple as that. The team shouldn't get rewarded because they won't pay their players. So, um, there's a lot of rules like that within football that is, um, you know, I, I know a lot of fans probably don't enjoy watching the players don't really enjoy keeping up with it as well, but, um, some of that stuff is just highly overthought and, um, you know, it, it should be as simple as, you know, once the market's open, you can buy, buy or pay whoever. And, um, you know, every team is on the same budget. So, um, it's not like some other sports where, you know, maybe you can spend over the budget, but you know, in football, it's, it's all the same. So, um, yeah, some of those rules are so in the weeds. It's, it's just, it's just goofy. We're all over the place today here on talk of champions. we got Jonathan Hess, Ole Miss tight end coming up in just a little bit. It's just one of those days. It's, uh, April. Not a ton going on. Football, it's spring football practices, but not a ton coming from there. Baseball, almost just lost to Arkansas. But, yeah, they're still kind of exactly where they need to be. Basketball, got another transfer in Ty Fagan. Going to have a full podcast about almost basketball and some other stuff with Bracken Ray, former Andy Kennedy staffer. But, really, when you look at this whole weekend, the thing that really surprised me the most, or just in general what I've been dealing with every single day since almost and Arkansas played, and the one thing I wanted to touch on in this podcast in particular, Arkansas fans are batshit crazy. I never expected. I had no idea. But they're nuts. So all weekend, Arkansas fans are barking about the lack of professionalism with Ole Miss baseball players. Basically, Ole Miss baseball players celebrating strikeouts or home runs, all the players kind of swarming home plate whenever a guy crosses home plate from a home run, be it Hayden Leatherwood, whoever it might be. Wes Burton doing his thing on the mound where he kind of acts a little nutty. And they were so triggered and worked up about it. And then afterwards, after they won on Sunday, they just flooded Twitter with all of this nonsense about, oh, 
I'm so thankful for Dave Van Horn and the professionalism of Ark. So, like, shut up. You guys wear foam hogs on your heads. What are you talking about? Who bitches about amateurs not acting professionally? Who cares this much about kids enjoying playing dumb sports? I had no idea that Arkansas fans were equal, if not worse, online than Mississippi State fans. Who'd have known? Who'd have guessed? That's hilarious. I, I didn't see. I, I did see a little something on um, on them complaining about that. I mean, I, I thought they. I thought it was as fall. I mean, it was as, just as normal. I mean, both teams were were kind of mouthy back and forth to each other. Uh, I mean, it's listen. These kids that you work hard to get to where you are. And um, to, to say that they can't, you know, go out there, show a little emotion, and have some fun, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, that's that, that's part of the game. You, you you don't, you're not a robot. You don't go out there to to play the game like a robot. You go out there, you work your ass off, so you can go out there and have some fun and show some emotion and and, and make the game enjoyable for the fans. So I, Ole Miss is Ole Miss is, is is a great, respectable program. They're not out there showboating. They're out there having a good time. So. Um, yeah, they could, they can you know, lose you with that. Even if they are showboating, who cares? God, everything is so super serious these days. You can't get away from it. It's either you're on my side or you're my enemy. But they wear this like they're a part of the team. Guys, you don't contribute anything to wins or losses on the field. What are you doing? Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, they, you, like you said, like I said earlier, you got to just um, got to let these guys have fun, man. They don't, um, you know, they're 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 not out there as robots, and a lot of times they don't really care what what you think as a fan, anyways. So and they shouldn't um, like the whole thing you know. about oh, I wish they would have been so and so because he pimped a home run. Yeah, yeah. Let's throw a projectile as hard as we can at the defenseless batter because he dared to be successful at his job. But these are amateurs. Let's not call it a job. He was successful at the thing he's worked to be good at, hitting a ball. Sports aren't serious. <laughs> Absolutely. They, um, yeah, so Arkansas, I mean, in general, though, I mean, it's kind of the consensus, man. I mean, Arkansas has always had some um, some pretty lit fans. I mean, they're um, – I never forget when we went up there and played at Arkansas. They were – They threw batteries um, at y'all. Yeah, they was, they, they was pretty brutal when we went up there with Houston as a coach. So – um, that fan base in general has got a good mix of um, some pretty some pretty crazies. I'll never forget that Arkansas trip. That's the same trip that Chuck almost got in a fight with a dude. And I'm not saying this because Arkansas is the Razorbacks, but it's true. He looked like a pig in the face. He had a really weird nose. And he got really mad after the game and straight up came at Chuck. And if not for Michael Orr, Chuck would have gone to prison because there was a police officer ready to arrest Chuck, and Michael Lord just kind of pulled him away. That environment, that entire game, that entire atmosphere was not safe. They hated y'all. Yeah, they were pretty um, Yeah, they were pretty hot at Houston, obviously, um, for leaving. And then, um, well, I don't know, maybe he got fired and, or whatever. But, um, yeah, they, they, they certainly weren't, weren't very fond of him coming back. Among the most satisfying or gratifying wins of your career, come on, that had to be up there. Yeah, that was that was a good one, but I mean that was that was more for more for Houston's pleasure. It was a, to me, it was just beating a beating an average ass Arkansas team. God, I love that so much. Just chill out, everybody. Chill out, chill out. Just it's sports. It's stupid. 
This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit, but on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet, going down to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Jonathan Hess, Ole Miss tight end. Before we do, see you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. Let's hear from BNA Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Jonathan Hess. Ole Miss junior tight end just off the practice field. What's up, man? How you doing? Not much. Just blessed to be here and excited to continue to get better every day with my best friends. That's a very, very diplomatic way of saying that uh, you're having fun and that y'all are having some fun out there at spring football practices. Now, really, what's it like in Lane Kiffin's first spring football practice? Oh, man. Well, you know, we didn't have spring last year, so it's kind of like kind of weird feeling, you know, getting back out there this time of year. But, you know, it's really just like the season and Really, for me, especially, I just want to take it day by day, not even think about the big picture. Just think about every day and what I need to do to be a better version of myself at at the end of every practice. Is there a different vibe out there because of the success of last year? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is probably one of the most popular teams in the country, and everybody's out there having fun. I mean, I can't. This is the first time in any sport that it's been practice. The vibe at practice has been fun. And everybody's just flying around, having fun, you know, talking trash and just playing hard. For you, it's an important spring for a number of reasons. First, two years ago, when you actually got a spring, you moved from linebacker to tight end. You didn't get spring last year, spent the season, though, as a tight end. Now you're running with the ones, a lot of injuries. But also, Kenny Yaboa's gone. What's it been like? Do you feel more natural at tight end now? Yeah, I think um, – it's starting to slow down for me a lot. And 
really like I know I can do it. So I just need to go out there and then block out the clutter and then just focus on my job and then, you know, get coached and get corrected and, and move on from there and just, again, try to be a better version of myself every day. Had you ever played tight end before when you got moved? Uh, in high school, I would play wide receiver and some seven-on-seven, seven, but we didn't really do anything because it was always like 21 personnel with two running backs and one tight end in high school. So I was really only on defense. I mean, sometimes I would go in, but no, not really, just in seven-on-sevens in the summer. So it's not the catching. It's the blocking, right? That probably is is the hardest adjustment is, you know, now on offense you want to have your hands inside. You want to be under the defender. It's a lot different because on defense you can just strike and tear off. On offense you got to be under control and, you know, be more precise. With this offense, how big of a jump can it take considering the big numbers y'all put up last year? Yeah, you lose Elijah, you lose Kenny, but y'all return pretty much everybody else. If you finished so well last year and did so well last year, how can you make a jump? What's the overall goal, do you think, of the offense? Uh, I think right now just to keep getting better every day. I mean, obviously, in my opinion, Matt's the best quarterback in the country, and, you know, he's a great leader, so we're going to get better every day. Plus, you know, we got Coach Kiffin, Coach Levy, you know, Coach Baker. All the offensive coaches are brilliant. They know what they're doing. They obviously, y'all saw that last year. If we just take coaching from them and then keep being led by Matt, I think the sky's the limit for us. I don't see why, you know, this is year two with this staff. I don't see why just because players left, we got to, you know, not be as good. I think we can be better. And I don't see why not. You know, a lot of people didn't get to experience the coaches because of COVID. Y'all been with them every single day. What are they like day to day? Um, awesome. I mean, I don't know how to – I would – I, I really do reach out on my own to some recruits because I really feel like I would I would do a disservice if I didn't tell someone to come to the SIP because, I mean, the coaches really are like, they're like our best friends and, you know, they put us in great positions and they have our best interests. So I think the relationship with players and coaches here is probably better where in the whole, or better than anywhere in the whole country. With Coach Baker, it's a new coach for you. What's that been like? Oh, awesome. I, I'm really blessed. You know, like, you know, I really loved uh, Coach Joe John Finley last year. And then when he left, you know, they just brought in Coach Baker, and he's awesome too. Like, I couldn't be more thankful for the coaches that have been put in my life. And, you know, I think that's a reflection on Coach Kiffin bringing in likable people that also know, know football really well. The tight end position is so important in Lane Kiffin's offense. Is there an extra bit of emphasis put on you guys in practices and just in overall game planning for games and practices, whatever it may be, scheming, tight end-wise? Do y'all feel that y'all are more important than possibly at other places? I mean, they certainly ask us to do a lot, and we have to do a lot because of this offense. But, you know, I think that's the best thing because you get a chance to put good stuff on, on film for the next level, and you're showcasing a lot of skills. I mean, it is a lot on our back, but, you know, that's what practice is for. And, and, you know, if we're good, then usually the offense is going to perform well. So for you in the off season, what did you set out to accomplish and did you hit your goals? Yeah, uh, well, no, I'm never going to be satisfied, but I wanted to get faster. I wanted to get a little leaner and stronger and, you know, again, just all around become a better version of myself. So I think, no, I'm not where I want to be. I got, I've gotten better from since last year already, but... I mean, even with spring ends, I'm not, I'm not going to stop. There's so much improvement to be had before September. 
going up against the defense, can you tell a difference there too? Because they got a lot of new guys, and yeah, they struggled last year, but it looks like a completely different defense because of the personnel and what they brought in. Have they made it more challenging for y'all this spring? Yeah, they they look yeah they look good. I mean, yeah, I mean they're flying around. They look like they have a bunch of a bunch more energy this year than they did last year, and they're flying around. They look like they're having fun out there every day, and it's also more fun for us because. You know, it's really competitive at practice more so than I've ever seen it. And it's really just awesome. It makes practice more fun. You've become like the resident hype man for this team with the fire extinguisher stuff. Let's be honest. It's gone viral on Twitter. You've seen it. You know it. Where did it come from? Uh, I think one day at practice, uh, I, was, I was standing there and Coach Kiffin came up to me. I was like, hey, we need a smoke machine. And I was like, oh, my goodness. That's like a beautiful idea. That would make everybody just want to come to the soup so we started doing that and then really the biggest thing is we just want to have energy on the sideline because it you know everybody's out there for a reason and if we can have good energy then it's going to translate to the people who who are playing so you know we we want to turn up turn them up we want to turn the sideline up and our fan base up because it really does translate to the field so we just started doing that and then I guess it became a thing and I don't know. Everybody just needs to come here. This is the best place in the country. That's really all I know. <laughs> is there a right time and wrong time to set off the fire extinguisher? Like, do you have to set it off after scores and stuff, big plays, maybe hold back at certain spots? Have you gotten that pattern down, Pat, to how you have to use oh, yeah. and utilize it? No, I'm, I'm certainly still working on fire extinguisher timing, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I usually just do it when, when coach tells me to. And you know, this season it'll be timed better, you know, and, and it'll be beautiful. What all do y'all have on the sidelines? Because the fire extinguisher isn't the only thing. I think y'all have had chains and belts and all kinds of stuff. Is there anything new coming to the sideline? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know if there is. You'll just have to see it on game day. But I don't know at the moment. But I'm sure we could we could do something more creative and, you know, do something even more exciting. You never know. You know, with the way you work a fire extinguisher, whenever you're done with football, whenever it is, you do already have a built-in gimmick for wrestling. I'm just telling you. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just saying. It's there for you. Yeah, I just love I love spraying. I love getting everybody excited. I love seeing my teammates jumping around and bringing energy. It's awesome. You mentioned Matt and being the best quarterback in the country. I've asked every single teammate of his that's been on this podcast so far if he is a Heisman front runner going into next year. I feel like I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to let you say it anyway. Do you have you, Matt? Yeah, okay. Yeah, just say it. I know. Yeah, that's my, that's my brother, man. I, I've already told everybody, I, I said, y'all need to take this guy for your Heisman winner right now. Like, when I first got to college and first threw with him, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. Like, I've seen college QBs before, but this dude can sling it. So I'm telling you, yeah, he, he's, he's my favorite for the Heisman, no doubt. For him in particular, I think it was all about just opportunity, and it wasn't his fault that he lost his job because he got hurt and the offense that was run at that time. But this offense and how it fits him and how it fits the personnel that y'all have, including you at tight end, do you feel like it's opened y'all up completely, that this is the offense that was kind of simmering, waiting to be tapped into? Yeah, I think it's great for Matt and just having, you know, seeing his relationship with the head coach and the offensive coordinator, 
I mean, I think it's just perfect. They all complement each other. And then also, you know, the people at the higher levels are putting Matt in such a great position to succeed, teaching him really well. I mean, the growth I've seen from Matt in the last year and a half is something like no other. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just proud of him for locking in and getting done what, what we all know he can do. And he's just going to continue to get better and keep being a great leader. Do you all kind of view him as the leader? If you had to pick one guy for the team that leads, it's Matt now? Yeah, I would say so. And I think that comes with being the quarter, the starting quarterback, too. I mean, you kind of have to be. And he's gotten a lot more vocal. And, you know, I think that's going to help us out a lot. Being vocal has never been a problem for you, man. So how do you <laughs> open that up? I mean, is that something that you help people with to show them how to open up and it's okay to be yourself? Is that something that you've kind of try to impress upon other people? Yeah, really over the last year, I just kind of decided I was going to start being myself and no matter what happens, happens. And then, and, and that's what this staff encourages, like be yourself. And so my thing is I've just been trying to get attack every day with positivity. You know, maybe some guys come into the building, they're like down, they don't feel like practicing. But if I can be positive, you know, maybe it'll get them going, which will translate to a better practice, which benefits the whole team. And then benefits so much more than just the team if we do well so if you and wilson love got into a hype competition who's coming out on top oh my goodness i would probably i don't know he's been doing it for so long by the end of that competition i'd probably be asleep and he'd <laughs> still be like i don't know how he does it. i'm nowhere near that level of intense but you know, hopefully one day when I'm his age, I can be as high as he is. Have you ever seen a moment under Wilson Love where he hasn't had his own switch on? No, no, like I have not. I don't think that's possible. I really don't think that's possible. When it was Thanksgiving um, and, and he had a meal at his house, I went to his house. It's, you know, he's out of the building, done with football, got some teammates there, and he's still the same person in front of his wife. <laughs> No, just echoing through his house, being loud. I thought that was hilarious. And I love that guy. I don't know. I really I really don't understand why no one would come to the SIP and work out for that guy and that be your head string coach. Like, you got to come to the SIP. And I'm so passionate about that. I can't stop saying it. How important is it in strength and conditioning? Because, look, y'all are human beings. There are days where you maybe don't want to get up at 5 in the morning and go work out. So how important is it? To have a guy like that with that personality leading the strength and conditioning program and every day pushing you to get the best out of you. Yeah, it's it's really a blessing because obviously it is a you know it's year round and there are going to be days that you don't necessarily want to get up and go and go work out. But with the whole, the whole strength staff, not even just Coach Love, I mean they're really like put it to you this way: they're like our big brothers that we respect and 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 don't want to let down. So. So we like showing up and we like working hard for them because, you know, they, they will do anything for us. And just the way they treat us, you know, they're always making us laugh, always just treating us well and, and wanting the best for us and the best out of us. So, I mean, for me, I've never, I really haven't had a day where I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. Like, I really haven't. It's a blessing. And I think that's a direct correlation from the staff here. Obviously, the team goals come first. So I'm going to go ahead and get that out of your system. I know it's team first, whatever you can do for the team. But if you had to answer your own personal goals going into what will be your redshirt junior season, what would those goals be? Um, oh, man. 
It's okay really, to be selfish for just a second, okay? It's okay. All right, well, obviously I need some touchdowns, but really I just I just want to continue to be the best version of myself every day and continue to get better. And then when I get closer to the season, I'll start thinking about some goals, but I've got a lot of work, that, a lot of stuff with my position that I need to fix before I even start thinking about the games. Is there a touchdown celebration you've already thought about doing? I don't know. I thought about, like, it would be fun to just score and go crazy and then sprint to the sideline and then turn everybody up. I don't know. I don't know. Would you <laughs> include know. the fire extinguisher? Oh, oh, yeah. What is that? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be, like, the first thing I grab when I get to the sideline for sure. You need T-shirts I'm made. I'm going to empty it. You need T-shirts made just with you and a fire extinguisher. Hey, I, I, I'd be for that. I'd wear it. I, if they would make it, I'll wear it, and I'll buy my family them. Boom. So if you want to get somebody to make those, I'll wear them. There you go. We got a money-making idea right now on Talk of Champions. Before I let you go, looking to next year, Ole Miss fans are going to be excited. Obviously, y'all are excited. So what should expectations be? Jacquez Jones came out and said his expectation is making the college football playoff. But what should realistic expectations be? I mean, I think that is a realistic expectation. I, I don't see – I don't really see why not. You look at last year, I mean, we had so many games where we lost, you know, at the very end of the game, you know, which were which were a few games from, like, a pretty solid season under a first-year staff with no spring. But, I mean, yeah, I agree with Quez. I don't see why – I don't see why we can't go to the college football 12. But, again, we just have to work every single day. I mean, every single day and not even think about – just focus on finishing – bring the best we can as a team and then you know just attack the summer and I think everything will take care of itself you touched on it y'all were in pretty much every single game you played last year is there one loss in particular that sticks in your crawl like god man we had that oh yeah I mean pretty much every loss just kind of stabbed me in the chest it hurt but if I so if I could think of the one that had me probably most I don't know. They all hurt me the same. The Auburn game really hurt because it just really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I said this to Tylen. He was on this podcast. That dude absolutely touched the ball, and Tylen absolutely had a touchdown. I mean, it was obvious. Yeah. I think I think so, too. But you know what? Now we just got to, you know, run up the score so we're not even in that position anymore. Oh, that's Do good. things earlier on. That doesn't even have to happen. But, I, hey, I agree with you, for sure. Well, last thing, I'll let you go. The Grove Bowl's coming up. Obviously, fans can now be in the stands. Y'all have had a couple of practices with fans in the stands. Does that make a difference for you guys? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people will get on here and be like, oh, no, like, we don't even listen to the fans. No, I think everybody likes when fans are there, and everybody likes when the stadium's packed and, and likes when people come watch them, you know, put on what they've been working so hard to do, you know, you know put on a show. So, yeah, I mean, I think people would be lying if they said they didn't want, didn't pay attention to all the fans. But, yeah, it's exciting, and I can't wait for the Grove Bowl, and I hope all the Rebel Nation comes out because it's going to be an awesome weekend and an awesome experience. What should Ole Miss fans expect from the Grove Bowl? Will it be like an actual game, or is it just going to be a glorified scrimmage? I don't know. We've never had a Grove Bowl, a Grove Bowl with this staff, so we'll see. But I think if they show up and they're rowdy, it'll be fun. What is Lane uh, Kiffin like during practice? Uh, energy. He likes energy. He likes excitement. He likes people playing hard. Um, you know, he like he likes the offense to talk trash, the defense, 
you know, just get it going. He likes to get it fired up because it's fun that way. I mean, we're all out here playing something we love. Sometimes people oversee that and they're like, oh, man, I got to go practice. No, we get to, and it's fun. And, and Kiffin likes to have fun out there, too, as long as we're getting quality work in. It's really funny, too, to see all the clips of tug-of-war and staff, dodgeball and staff, softball, whatever. As players, do y'all get into that, too? Do y'all have fun with that? Oh, yeah, it's so fun. I mean, there's always – you know, it, it kind of adds a little fun, little wrinkle to practice because, you know, you'll get to watch somebody else do a competition of, you know, like two linemen running a one-on-one, you know, trying to catch the ball. It's just exciting. It's fun, and the whole team loves it. Which offensive lineman, before I let you go, has the best hands? Ooh, the best hands. That's really hard. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I can't go wrong with saying Nick Broker. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that guy's good at everything, so – yeah, I could buy that. He caught a ball in high school, I'm pretty sure. That's like the dream for offensive linemen. Oh, I know. I can't imagine. Again, I haven't even had a touchdown since high school, so I need to give, I need to give me one, too. We need to get Jonathan Hess a touchdown. We need to get an offensive lineman a touchdown. Just all the touchdowns for Ole Miss football this year. He's Jonathan Hess. Yes, everybody needs to eat. Everybody. On, everybody man. eats. He's Jonathan Hess, Ole Miss junior tight end. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. We'll talk again. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.